Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, this is your friendly neighborhood Coco, here to remind you that if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so we can grow this Coco community together and add more folks to the crew. Thanks guys for listening. Episode 34 of Cuckoo with Coco. What's going on, peeps? What is going on? Still haven't messed with the soundboard enough yet to add any more sounds, but hopefully over the weekend and for the remainder of this week, I will get my act together. I say that every week, but we'll see how it goes. (laughs) And I say that every week too, but you know, life gets in the way sometimes. So one announcement is, you know, getting close to the one-year anniversary of my podcast. I started my, I think I had my, I posted my first episode, I believe, July 31st of last year. Um, it was very rushed. It was very, uh, it was very not methodical, if I have, to, if I can say that. Like, it wasn't really something I had planned on doing, but I had heard so many other people do it, and I just have fun with mine. And I'm like, I can, I think I'm entertaining. Like, why can't I try and do something like this? So uh, I figured, why not just do it? So here we are, 34 episodes later. So, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a year next week. Mm, Very hyped, very excited. Uh, If you're a friend on any of my Facebook pages, you know, wish me a happy one year anniversary with my baby, Cuckoo with Coco. Uh, You know, it, like I said before, like I'm supposed to be further, further or farther. I don't know which one to use in this instance, but I should be a little more ahead. Like I should be at 52, not 34. But um, life gets in the way. Uh, between 2019 and 2020, I moved into a new place. I was in Florida visiting my family for a bit. And, you know, sometimes when the winter rolls around, everybody gets into that little funk, whatever. So everybody's sluggish and blah. I didn't even know if I could pick myself up to do this and uh, to provide you with entertainment because I wasn't so sure in my ability to make people laugh or entertain or relate or whatever. But you have to get over that at some point and I'm over it now. And, you know, I'm just here for you and me, you and me. Uh, it's still balls out hot because we're still in New York and we're still dealing with humidity and shit. And uh, it's kind of stupid. But it's what's happening now, and ooh, I gotta chill. I don't have the AC on, but I have the overhead fan, so if you happen to hear any noise, I apologize in advance. Uh, you know, making a comeback. Making a comeback with these and the consistency, and I hope you guys are as pumped as I am, because I'm pumping it. I've been working out a lot more. And I gotta ask you a question. How does one get tennis elbow from not playing tennis? Like, I don't understand that. My right elbow has been killing me this week. And I don't know what it is because I'm not doing push-ups because, you know, I have no upper body strength at all. If you were to ask me, if you were to give me a choice between, you know, falling into a pit of lava with Mike Myers or, you know, climbing a tree or doing monkey bars or something, I'm out. I guess me and Michael are burning together. So that's my decision. Uh, But, you know, like I said, making a comeback, coming back strong. Got to lose some weight. Again, went to the doctor. Well, when I went to my GYN, I told you I fucking weigh too much. So so now I have to cut down on stuff and it's making me cranky. Uh, You are going to hear my Alexa probably talk to us. And uh, see, she blinked at me. Don't blink at me, bitch. And... um, Cause I'm starting this, I'm starting this way late, later than I wanted to. And it's upsetting, but I still had notes to finish and I wanted to make sure it was a hundred percent. So here we, uh, here we go. The most exciting thing that has happened 
since this last episode, and I'm not going to keep harping on it, but Crystalia is coming back. He has been exonerated. He's going to come back slowly, I'm sure, because everything that's happened dramatically between the accusations and all this shit. But I'm on Twitter following all the Crystalia shit because I have no life at work and there's not enough work for me to do. I'm sorry. We're, we're going to get to this. The, the work story is going to round out this episode because I always have one. And the last couple times, I don't think I've said anything, but this one, I definitely have one. So we're going to have one. <laughs> so homeboy has been exonerated. The female accusers have come forward and admitted that they were older than they claimed they were when he reached out to them. And clearly, Crystalia has PR people who posted all the, you know, conversations or the most relevant ones anyway, because the girls were making it seem really one sided that he was really into them and that they weren't into it at all, whatever, whatever. But there's proof now that they were older at the time than they said when they first came out with these accusations. Can I just say, what makes this whole situation worse is that these women make it worse for people who have actually suffered through shit like this. Like, anyone who's ever gone through sexual harassment, like, unwarranted sexual harassment, because I know some chicks who are, like, into that shit, and, but not from strangers, like, from their man. Like, when their man says something raunchy to them, oh boy, it's, it's, it's over. It's over and done with. Gotta go home. But, like, this shit that happens probably... Oh, definitely more than once a day <laughs> is very serious and should be taken seriously. Like, what the fuck did these girls think was going to happen? Did they think that he was just going to, like, pay them to be quiet or something so that they'll have other shit to talk about? Like, honestly, OK, the guy spouts all the time that he is not in support of any of this shit. I don't believe him to be a hypocrite because if you listen to his podcasts enough, he mentions shit and that's it. He doesn't harp on it because like they say in Macbeth, the lady doth protest too much. Like, and she was guilty of shit. So if you're guilty of something, you've mentioned it more than one time in a longer period of time than needs to be discussed ever. That's what I think. And... This, Like I said, the weirdness of the whole situation is that it panned out and we didn't know anything until he was coming back, you know, like he wasn't going anywhere. He was spending time with his family. There's a picture of him going to CVS, obviously, because it was posted on Twitter. But like it was just so quiet that once these accusations came out, he kind of like disappeared for a while. And some people would find that to be a sign of guilt and... I don't really think that's right. I think that's him trying to get his mind together if he has to. But what's funny is, is that, you know, there's so many people who jump the gun on turning their back on him. And there's always there's always that one person that sticks up for people no matter what. I'm one of those people who sticks up for people no matter what. And I get made to look foolish all the time. And that's probably my flaw. And I should probably work on that. But everybody has a flaw. And that's mine. So, you know, it. One of the things that this made me want to discuss is, you know, women trapping men in provocative direct messages or DMs, however you want to do it. I'm trying to be proper, you know, to engage a more older demographic, because if I say hopped in the DMs, they're going to be like, what the fuck's that? So Mike Linochi discusses women being in his DMs and trying to put him in provocative situations. So... His it's in it's in episode twenty. It's called the comeback, and his podcast is called the Takeover with Mike Linochi. In this episode, which I listened to twice, he states multiple different occurrences of women attempting to accuse him of acts of sexual suggestion, meaning that when these girls were throwing themselves at him and he wasn't falling for it, they would say some shit like "I'm going to destroy you" or "I'm going to take you down." Like one of the girls he mentions in the start of his podcast episode, episode 20, he states that one of the girls who he was having consensual sexual relations with uh, kept all of their texts and like it was an instant Instagram. OK, so and let me let me just say something. Screenshots exist for a reason. Someone's always trying to catch someone doing some shit. 
So screenshots and screen grabs, screen snatches, whatever you want to call them, always happen. And Snapchat is like, (laughs) Snapchat's notorious. Well, its thing is, is it always wants to let the person know that they took a screenshot of whatever you guys were discussing. And I know Laura, or Kanye Pepper, as we call her now, gets very mad when you uh, screenshot Snapchats. (laughs) She always gets mad and like no no you didn't like finger in the face like no 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 like wagging the finger like how could you do that da, da, da. I don't really do screenshots of snaps don't really care snapchat is for people who cheat anyway <laughs> I know that's like a wide reach but that's how I feel about it so uh back to Mike Linoji's podcast uh he also pointed out people's Instagram pages that tried to accuse him of shit and bad-mouthing him Oh, that was hysterical. So he goes into the podcast. I know I read that really fast because it's a note. He goes into his, like in his podcast, he puts people's um, posts up and he keeps their names. Like, <laughs> like he goes, These, they're trying to group me in with what happened with Chris. And I wasn't really like I'm his friend and, and everything like that. But nothing that they accused him of having done was something he did. He goes, I've known this guy five years. I've toured with him. If I knew anything sketchy was going on, I would have said something. So, but it, it got a little bit too extreme. Like, you know, these celebrities, like like he says, like Mike Linochi says, none of these people owe the public any response, okay? Nobody is owed anything in this lifetime, okay? Like, my mom, I owe her my life because she gave it to me. That's about it. That's all. That's the only person I owe anything to. Other than that, like... I'll, I'll, when the executioner comes for me or the Grim Reaper comes for me and they want me to explain something, then that's it. But, you know, other than that, who do you really owe any explanations to? Isn't that the whole purpose of being an individual is that you can make your own decisions, your own choices, and don't need a whole audience of people to tell you whether it's right or wrong? That's what I thought. I thought being an adult or being an individual or growing up and whatever or having growth or being mature, whatever you want to call it, is making decisions on your own. That's what I thought it was. I could be wrong. You can correct me. But that's how I feel about it. Like as an adult individual, you are, you know, burdened with having to financially support yourself and stuff because you're supposed to like, you know, fly from the nest and shit. But it's hard out here. It's really hard. And like I said, the only person I owe any explanation to is my mother. And that is because she gave me my life. I don't owe anybody anything. These celebrities sure shit don't owe us anything. And, you know... I was still fucking with Chris D'Elia regardless of what was going on. I'm like, we still fuck with Chris Brown and he was beating up Rihanna for who knows how long. And we still fuck with him after that. And we still fuck with Jada, Jada Pinkett. <laughs> like all this stuff makes no sense. That's, this is going back to that cancel culture shit. We're canceling people who don't give us the response that, that we want. And who are we to force them into a box or a corner or whatever and say, this is how you should have handled it. And it's not how you did it. So now you don't get any more of my money, time or attention. Like, isn't that insane that that's where like this Goya shit too. Isn't that insane that we're letting all these nobodies tell us to boycott Goya? (laughs) Like, really? Really? So let me ask you a question. And I want you to answer this in your head or on my Facebook page, Instagram, whatever, Snapchat, whatever. Twitter, whatever. Um, Let me ask you a question. If Trump is not reelected in November, are we still banning Goya? Or are y'all going to pretend this didn't happen and start buying fucking Goya again? I want you to be serious. Be serious about this. Because I only feel like people are boycotting the shit is because Trump was even mentioned next to it. Because if it was anybody else... Nobody would have said shit. And that's the sad truth. The sad truth is that Goya and Trump obviously don't go together. Who knows if Trump even knows what to do with Goya shit. It's not our problem to solve that. I'm still buying Goya because when his presidency, if it should end in November, and the CEO was like, oh, well, Trump didn't get reelected. Now I support this guy. Like, that's all it is. That's all it is. People jumping on bandwagons and the bandwagon of cancel culture has got to go over a cliff at some point and we have to stop. We have to stop. Like Madonna is getting weird. 
Did I cancel her? No. I follow her on Instagram because I like to see how weird she is. Do I listen to her music anymore? The old stuff. <laughs> Not none of the new stuff. Which who knows when's the last time because you can't unsee her when she has a back brace on and is dancing with a cane on Ellen. I showed that to my mom like years ago. And my mom was like, what the hell's wrong with her? And I said, I don't know. She's trying to be 20. Like this, she got a lot of skeletal issues is what I think. And she's probably also cuckoo, but who knows? She don't listen to this shit. She'll never answer. <laughs> so back to the podcast thing again. I get off track, but it's fine. I'm back because notes in my face. So Mike Linochi also said that um, I felt really like bad about this because he was talking about how all these people were bad mouthing him and shit. And he made one good point, though. He made the point that, um, you know, you can go, you can say whatever you want to these celebrities, but when you take it personal is like really shitty of an individual to do, especially because you don't know him personally. So it's not like you can be the next day. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Like celebrities block people for that. Understandably so. Oh, and by the way, speaking of blocking and canceling, I've blocked, oh, not blocked, but I've unfriended a whole bunch more people and babies and I'm down to like, I'm down to 450 people. <laughs> so I'm at 312 now. Bye, everybody. Like, that's that's legit how it's going. I mean, I'm not doing it intentionally, but there's just too many people that take up space on my page. And I post things and I get laughs. Not from the people that I, like, from people I want to keep. Like, you don't get a lot of laughs from people you don't want to keep. Alexa, dismiss. She's so nosy. See, I told you you were going to hear it. Now you know how late it is. If anyone knows what time, I usually, uh, you know, take that. So this person, this one person went as far as to bring up his dead dog as a way to get back at him. Like, his dog died, like, what, two years ago, maybe? Like, you bring up the dog to prove what kind of point? Like, that's really sad. That's like, you have nothing going on in your life. And that's the, that's the you know, uh, fork in the road. That's the path you chose. Like, <laughs> whatever. So, uh, that person's shitty and, you know, maybe they should have dog turd stuffed in their mouth for that. Um, so in, in episode 20, he also states that Crystalia has been innocent this whole time and how quickly everyone bailed on him. So, um, <laughs> here we go. So, like, I have a personal story of my own to share with this, but uh, it says I have your so-called quote unquote friends choosing money over friendship. And, you know, it is Whitney Cummings was the first bitch to ever be by his side. Like she was the first, she was the down ass bitch. She was the ride or die. She wrote a part for him and everything. And when this shit came out, she split so fast. You, She left like bobby pins like that fucking witch hazel from you know bugs bunny like that was your boy for like the longest time y'all were in mad shows together like 10 years ago like you always supported him he always supported you and you know like when things happen like this and people really need you 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 realize really fast who your friend is um I think that this is something that happens every day regardless of money like people turn their backs on each other for a little or shit like, uh, I've seen guys turn their backs on girls for hearing rumors. Like, you know, a guy could be into a girl for a little bit and then, you know, change his mind because some other guy was talking about her. And there was, there's something I usually posted. I posted it on my, on my Instagram at one point and it was something like, you know, beware of what you hear about a girl because it's either, it's a rumor, be, beware of the rumors you hear about a girl because it's either coming from a guy who can't get her or coming from a girl who wants to be her. And, you know, I probably botched the shit, but anyone who's been on my Instagram and seen it and seen me post it knows exactly what I'm saying. So, um, so this is my experience. I've had this experience where someone has said something about me that was not true and like shied away a prospective beau, meaning boyfriend. So, you know, let's go back to this embarrassing memory because who wants to relive stupid shit like this? Anyway, so I dated a DJ a few years back and any of you who are my friend knew it was the worst two years of my life. I didn't date him for two years, but it was so tumultuous that there was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of aggravation, frustration, annoyance, 
um, just a nuisance overall to deal with this person altogether. Very, I hate narcissists. It's always about them. It's always like, you know, well, you didn't do this a certain way, or you can't look like that because everyone's going to look at you, or, you know, where do you think you're going dressed like that? Or, you know, you looked at him a weird way. Like, it's stupid shit. And that's all that used to happen between he and I, like, even when we got together, because when we first started speaking, he told me he was on the outs with this girl he was with, and he was not on the outs with her at all, because they lived together. Anyway, that's not even where I was going with this. But you know, the context of it is just necessary to share. So, you know, I dated, (laughs) let's go back to this. So I dated him a few years ago. And uh, I, you know, believed the word, he believed the word of some asshole saying explicit things of us going together. So let's see. So this is, I'm going to set the scene for you guys. We were out bowling in a group of people. We, we apparently what was said at the bar while I was bowling, it was two dudes. It was the DJ and his friend or a friend, like someone who was in the group. And he said, that he had slept with me is basically what happened is that we had slept together and that was a thing. So now so let's get back to bowling. So after we were done bowling, we all went back to a friend's house. And of course the DJ ignored me and passed out for the rest of the night because he got stupid drunk. So of course um, I wake him up to leave because I've got a 30 minute drive ahead of me. And you know, I want to get home already because it was late enough as it was So, of course, I bring him back to his house and like at the front, we were at the front of his house and, you know, I thought I was going to come inside like for a good night kiss and whatever, whatever. And of course, uh, he's he turns to me and he goes, I think we should just be friends. And I was like, oh, okay." like it didn't seem like that's how the night was going to go. But I was like, oh, okay," like real surprised. Like I said, everything had been going well up until this point. Um, And, you know. I dropped him off and didn't hear from him like for a few months other than like, hi, how are you and shit? Like it was really basic blah weather conversation. It wasn't anything fun. And um, months go by and we're just friends. And then mystery land is around the corner. So like this is May now of 2015, I think. I think that's when I went. Oh, my God. So (laughs) somehow he gets tickets to go. And he asked me if I want to go. So of course I said, yes, because, you know, I wanted to hang out with him and, you know, figure out what happened all that time. Uh, so we end up going together, but of course we, that situation had to get cleared up. So he tells me what went down, which is the explicit rumor that the guy was saying. And then I went on my own and texted him, the guy who had been starting the shit. And I said, so I heard through the grapevine that you're telling people we slept together. And the guy responded saying, those must be some sour grapes then because I never said that. So, <laughs> so somebody was lying in the situation. And I think it was the guy in question. It was not the DJ because he had asked me to dinner and I never responded. And that's, I told the DJ that I was like, the only thing that ever happened between us is he texted me, asked me if I wanted to go to dinner and I never answered him. And then he wanted to know why the DJ wanted to know why I never told him that. And I was like, cause I didn't think it was a big deal. Cause it was a dinner invite that didn't get answered, which, you know, another silly thing to be upset about. So silly thing to be upset about. So, uh, <laughs> so of course, you know, I sent that screenshot of the conversation I had with the guy to the DJ and that's when he supposedly fell in love with me all over again or fell for me all over again, whatever. And you know what's funny? I got to tell you the whole story about this whole mystery land thing because the whole weekend, he and I had our own tent together and he he was texting somebody the whole time. So then, of course, he had my phone and he was texting. He was using some app through my phone to text somebody. And I don't know what was wrong with his phone. I think it was broken or I don't even know if he had a phone at the time, which is always weird when someone doesn't have a phone. But, you know, you get over it after a while if they keep communication open on some other device. So he was texting someone over my phone through some app. I think it was WhatsApp or whatever. And, you know, I 
<laughs> I didn't want to snoop, but when he and I separated, like when he and I went our separate ways, when Mystery Land was over, I looked at the app and he, they, he was texting somebody. I assume it was a girl and they were saying, well, you look like you were with somebody. And I think he said something like, no, we're not really together. So, uh, you know, that should have been the first clue to like jump, but I was so obsessed with him or whatever at the time that it kind of, you know, got ahead of me. Like it got away for me to be stronger, like the way I am now. I'm very strong in my own defense, but it was just very upsetting that he would downplay anything that was happening, considering the fact that I paid for most of the stuff. He may have gotten the tickets, but I bought the food. I paid for a cab or whatever. Like I fronted most of the money for the weekend. And then by the end of it, I was broke and, you know, he was all happy as shit, whatever. Cause, you know, he was supposedly so into me, but he was telling people the whole time that we weren't together. And that's how that deteriorated, like down the line. Like we used to do city trips on Sundays cause they would DJ at some place on West Side Highway and such. And, we always had a good time, but like it was, it was always such a headache because I always wanted to be more to him and he was just okay with us being nothing, like no labels or anything, not nothing, obviously, but he was just, you know, having his cake and eating it too is basically what happened. So that was bullshit. And, you know, guys, like I was saying before, guys always lie about some shit because they're either waiting for the next catch or whatever, you know, plenty of fish in the sea fish went out and there's still always still more like that's how he was and i think he had a he was an egotistical jerk <laughs> but um guys do this shit to girls all the time the harassment thing like blackmail comes on both sides this is getting back to the subject of you know girls in dms just saying shit and then being real accusatory when guys don't pay them any attention like oh oh you don't fucking like me like what the fuck and this and that or this is your fucking problem and none of that like stupid shit like that like it doesn't make anybody look good in the end it doesn't make anybody look good like i feel like this is where they coined the term weird flex but okay like you're gonna lie and say that someone slept with you and they clearly didn't like i would know if i slept with someone but it's also why am i explaining this to someone who clearly believes this person over you like he clearly had a thing for me the dj but he listened to the word of some nobody because apparently the nobody had gotten in well had flirted or taken his ex out to dinner whatever the case may be so i don't know if he was trying to compare me or whatever but uh yeah weird flex but okay <laughs> i said someone always comes out a liar like, someone always comes out a liar in the end. And it's always the person who's trying to brag about who they were with. So that's that's my conclusion for this, is that, you know, stop bragging on shit that doesn't need to be bragged about. Stop bragging that you slept with someone or texted someone or whatever, and they answered you back. Like, who fucking cares? Like, I, I, this this drives me crazy because it's, I feel like, ugh, I don't hate women, okay? I don't hate my own gender. But it seems to be really apparent that, Women are more accusatory towards men when there's money involved, when there's something that they can gain from it, like five minutes of fame or financial hush money like this and that, like anything to get them their few minutes so that they can promote themselves and make themselves seem important. This goes back to that shit. Boring people trying to be important by just saying things. <laughs> Why are you saying anything? Why? Like, how is it six years later and now this is something of importance to you? It should have been important to you immediately after it happened. And I know I can't say I can say whatever I want because I've never been in the situation. So I would technically have to be in a situation like that. But first of all, I would never put myself in a situation like that because I have fucking parents. <laughs> if that's what it comes down to, I have fucking parents. OK, my parents were always monitoring my shit. Always when I was younger. I mean, with technology being what it is now, it can't always be like that. I know. But like, my parents were always around, always lurking, always over my shoulder. Like, you're not going to tell me that this little girl was like, oh, Crystalia texted me at 16. And the mom's not mom's going to be like, what? Fucking deactivate your shit right now. Like, <laughs> like, that's crazy. Ah, Deactivate your shit. That's nuts. I've never... You see what I'm saying? Like, all this kind of shit makes me afraid to bring a kid into the world because all of this shit that's happening, like, I would hope and pray 
that my child knows the difference between a stranger and a friend. You know what I mean? Like, you know, people can always claim they know the parents to try and lure the kid. But I'm like, I'm hoping against all cynicism and shit and all the bullshit I've probably said about this in the past and joked about and whatever. I really do hope that my kid is smart enough and good enough and loved enough to know not to do these things or get caught in a Jeffrey Epstein situation where they're being paid to fondle this old guy. Like, like I just, uh, I laugh to keep from crying. It's not funny. It's really not. But I laugh to keep from crying because thinking about this shit is really difficult, especially because I have younger sisters who if anything ever happened to them, I'm telling you, I think I would die. I would die right on the spot. My mom would probably die. My mom would definitely die. I don't know what pops would do. <laughs> I have no idea. Probably do some Liam Neeson shit like in Taken. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> like, so, as I was saying before, everybody who drums up shit always wants their five minutes of fame. Like, this is just like what happened with that entanglement shit with August and Jada. Can I just tell you that this guy was already famous so I don't see the point in him bringing up Jada at all. Like, I know he made a song about the shit that happened, but it's like, dude, okay, and? Everybody's made songs about shit they've done. Takashi69 talks bullshit in his music all the time. You know what? I don't even listen to his music, but I know he's a shithead. <laughs> he's got fucking rainbow hair, rainbow teeth. Actually, apparently he got his rainbow teeth out, and now they're just white and ugly. But, so, with the whole entanglement thing, that shit is still funny. Apparently they made a, a song. He made a song about it. I haven't listened to it yet, but someone sent me the link for, like, a Rick Ross remix. <laughs> oh, who cares? <laughs> so, um, over the weekend, it was a pretty chill weekend. Some people came over and we hung out and whatever, you know. Met a weird character, but I don't really want to mention names. It was just so exhausting to deal with this one person. Like, I understand being traumatized by a relationship. Like, I really do. But, like, at some point, you have to wonder when's eno when enough's enough. Like, I'm so cynical now and hardened up because of everything I've gone through. Like, I'll still cry at silly shit, like, in movies and stuff. Like, I'm not that tough. But, like, shit like this with relationships doesn't phase me anymore because I'm just so over it and I've been through all the crazy shit. And I have a five-year difference with this girl who was acting all dramatic and stuff. But she was all right. She wasn't the greatest person, but she was all right. <laughs> I know that sounds really stupid because you're probably like, well, what was wrong with her? A lot of things. <laughs> I don't want to go into it. Um, if you have my number, text me and maybe I'll tell you. Like, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, one of the ways I chose to recuperate this weekend was to watch Dr. Sleep. Uh, I'd been wanting to watch it for a very long time and it came out last year and it stars Ewan McGregor as Danny Torrance. Uh, they show him as an adult now. So, uh, I gotta tell you the movie was okay. It was okay overall. Uh, I already predicted what was going to happen halfway through the movie uh, I'm going to try not to spoil it, but this is going to be a huge spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it. I still recommend you see it anyway. But um, the movie follows Danny Torrance after they leave the Overlook Hotel, him and his mom. Apparently, he stopped speaking for a while. And his homeboy from the original movie who showed him how to do the shine in the first place, like that was in the kitchen when they were doing the tour of the hotel, uh, comes back and... Uh, Tells him to put all the bad spirits he sees in a box. So, like, he tells him in your mind, you know, open up these lock boxes and anything bad that you see that comes for you, whatever, you know, you're going to have to tackle it and put it in the box for a while and just leave it there. And, you know, everything will get better. So that's him as a kid. That's him supposedly still as he was in The Shining with the bowl cut and all that shit. So... Uh, they travel forward more in time to see him dealing, seeing, like showing him and how he's coping with his uh, shine abilities. And he turned to alcohol. So he becomes an alcoholic. Uh, somehow he then turns his life around because he ends up on a bus to another, to like some New Hampshire area and starts to, you know, piece himself together and get his life together and his act together and shit. 
he gets into AA, he gets an apartment and some stable work. And it's only because the stranger helped him because the stranger had been in the same position he had been. So, uh, so meanwhile, all this is happening. Torrance is getting his life together. This girl, Abra, is having her birthday party. And she's a youngin'. And um, she has a birthday party and there's a magician. And he's, you know, doing stuff with utensils and stuff. And she goes, I can do that too. And they show the next scene as her parents going into the kitchen. Spoiler alert. And there's spoons stuck to the ceiling. Like, just dangling. And then she walks into the kitchen and she goes, see, I told you. And once the parents turned around, all the spoons dropped. Like, no shit that that was going to happen. So there's a lot of obvious things like that in this movie. And um, so the girl, Abra, has the same gift, like a shine gift. And she's like, maybe in the next town over, if I remember correctly, which I think I do. Uh, Abra discovers this group called the True Knot or the One True Knot, something like that. They kill kids who shine. And snort their mist, okay? Spoiler alert, really traumatic scene, man. They kidnap this boy, because they don't show it in the beginning, but they show them charming this girl and then taking her. But they don't show, like, the aftermath of it. She basically keeps their shine mist or whatever in these containers. So that's how they um, stay alive, basically. That's what they quote-unquote feed off of. And, uh, so they find this guy, he's a, he's a little boy, actually. He's a baseball player and like a softball player, like little league type of shit. That's how little he was. They find him based off of his shine. Cause I guess they can projectile, like they can see it. If she meditates, she can see it. She can see where they are. And, uh, of course they find him, take him and they stab the poor kid to death. And every time he screams, you could see like his shine mist come out, whatever. And they like inhale and breathe it in, whatever. And, uh, very sad. It was very slow death for that kid. Cause all, all they did was keep stabbing him. They didn't want to like kill him all the way immediately. Cause that's not their purpose. Apparently their purpose is to, you know, snort it as long as they can. <laughs> So Abra's powers are so different in the fact that she can kind of watch what's happening as if she was there. So that happens to her and she tries to um, get Danny to um, help her find this group and like take them out because they're going to be killing kids and, you know, they find Abra. And they want to get her next. So, of course, you know, it turns into this Danny be the hero thing. And um, it, it here was my problem with the movie. It's not the storyline. The storyline was not the problem with the movie. The problem with the movie is, is that they should have done. Close the door. They should have done the flashbacks better. Okay, that was my issue. So the flashbacks, they use, they don't even use any of the original material from The Shining, which I would suspect you would do if you are filming a sequel. And Dr. Sleep is the sequel to The Shining, as far as I knew. So, excuse me, how was you on? I'm tired. Um, so they what they did was, okay, let me speed this back up. What they did was, is, when they did flashbacks, like when they go back to the Overlook Hotel, <laughs> when they go back to the Overlook Hotel at the end, because they're going to face off with Rose the Hat, because she's the main bitch in charge, whatever, main bitch in charge. And uh, they go back to the Overlook Hotel and they go back to their room. Like Danny goes back to the room where they stayed, him, Jack Nicholson, and Shelley Duvall, I think is the character, is the is the actress. And... Uh, he goes back to that room that they stayed in when all of this shit started going down. And you see like the, the, the hole in the door where Jack Nicholson's character was hitting it. I don't remember. I think it was Jack Torrance, whatever. So he was smacking into the door with the ax, like trying to cut it down and they show the flashback, but they show it with the actors like they cast in this movie to play those parts. And I turned to my boyfriend and I'm like, this would have been so much better had they used the original piece of that the original work 
Like it couldn't have been that expensive to say, hey, we need this 30 second clip to round out this movie. That's my issue with it is that, you know, you're trying to do something in a way that incorporates all parts of this series, okay? And you're doing it in a way that makes it way too high def. Like, I want to see the ugly shit from the 70s of when Jack Nicholson was swinging the fucking axe through the door and you see Shelley Duvall screaming about get away, get away. But no, they have these two wannabes in this shit and it's high def all the way. It would have been highly more aesthetically pleasing to do it the way flashbacks usually look, which is weathered and old. That's it. Other than that, good movie. Good movie, but you can predict what's going to happen halfway through. Because, you know, it's supposed to be a memory. Those things are supposed to be memories, okay? And it wasn't done that way at all. And, I mean, I don't agree, but I didn't make the movie. And, you know, they don't have to care what I say about it. But that's that's what I think about it. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's it for that movie, I think. Um, it was two and a half hours. And I told my mom... <laughs> I always text her, silly shit. I texted her and I was like, um, why is this movie two and a half hours long? And she goes, why? Where do you need to be on Sunday? <laughs> it's like, that's not the point. If we were in a movie theater and we had to sit through a two and a half hour movie, she would be the first one complaining that her legs hurt and that she can't sit for that long. So, you know, that's thanks, mom. Now I'm you. <laughs> I'm you now. Also, can we discuss Kanye campaigning again? I don't know if I touched on this last episode, but dude, come on. (laughs) So he started his campaign in South Carolina. He said the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. First off, he didn't even get the 10,000 signatures or whatever he needed required for his petition to be on the ballot in that state. So he's not even going to appear on the ballot in which he started campaigning. Ridiculous? Absolutely. Also, he spoke up against Harriet Tubman and stated that slavery is a choice. (laughs) Tell the ancestors that, okay? Tell that shit to the ancestors. Because, you know, here's my problem is that he could very well be right. Not that slavery was a choice, but what Harriet Tubman did, he could just be saying it wrong, you know? He could just be saying it wrong. I don't agree with him saying that slavery is a choice. Don't agree with that at all. But the way he tried to explain Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad did not work. So either someone dosed him with a crazy amount of medicine before he got up there, Because he was also wearing a bulletproof vest. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to jail for killing Kanye West. Or even making an attempt on his life. But my mom's... I was talking to my mom. You know what? I actually had so many conversations with my mother this week. I should have fucking found a way to record them. But I was at work for most of them. So you can't do that, really. But I was talking to her about this. And she goes, you never know because... He could be speaking a lot of truth and he wore that to protect himself because maybe he felt like his life would be threatened and like the gist of our conversation. And I'm like, she's probably right. There is someone out there who probably wants to take him out. And funny enough, like, how would we even know? We won't know until he's dead. (laughs) So he also started talking about abortion And he started talking about his predicament with Kim Kardashian when she was pregnant with North, I think. And um, she was pregnant with North, and apparently he didn't want to have that baby, and she wanted to have that baby. Hold on, my mom just called me recording. Can I call you back? Okay. Um. So she, (laughs) he stated that Kim stood up for her unborn child, but that Kanye didn't want to have a child. 
Oh my God. Let me see if this is it. She's asking me for a password for something. So she's asking me for a password. And of course I'm trying to record and mind my business here. And you know, let me see something streaming apps. Oh, give this to her. I think this is it. So, you know, he got into a conversation about abortion and he was saying how he didn't want to have a kid and Kim wanted to have a kid. And, uh, he said that she stood up for her unborn child. That she, but you know, like, this is the kind of shit you don't need to be telling strangers. That's, that's what I think is that there's certain things that, you know, you have people on your side telling you what to say and what not to say. Like, where are your, where are your campaign people? Do you have these people? Anyway, so he went on about that and then he said that his dad didn't want to have him and his mom had to stick up for him. While she was pregnant. And it's like, dude, okay, here we are again with this shit. Like, why would you bring that up? Like, you brought that up and he goes, if, if, my, if my dad had gotten his way or something like that, um, if my dad had gotten his way 43 years later, we wouldn't have had Kanye or you wouldn't have had Yee or whatever he's calling himself these days. By the way, his shoes are ugly. If you buy his shoes... You know, buy his shoes all you want, but they're fucking ugly, okay? <laughs> they're the ugliest things ever. It looks like if you stuck your foot in tar pit, walked out, and let it mold onto your feet. Or it looks like something a xenomorph threw up on your foot. Okay? Like, But, like, you know, the abortion thing, like, just have your opinion on it. You made it so personal, and you, you were screaming and crying on stage. Like, come on. Like, and then he said, and then he went on Twitter and went on the craziest rant. And he said that he's his, he claimed on Twitter that his wife is trying to do that get out shit to him with a doctor in Wyoming. I'm like, all right, what do you mean by that? Because I don't know if you've seen that movie, but the only thing that I could, you know, someone said, someone commented on this saying something about the sunken place and I am interested in seeing how that plays out. And of course, she didn't text me to let me know if the passwords worked. Um, so what happens in that movie is a... You have to have seen this by now, if not spoiler alert, okay? Uh, they freaking... Okay, so this guy is in an interracial relationship with this white girl. He's black, white girl, white parents. He's She's bringing him home to meet them. Sinister, sinisterly enough, I'm just making up words now, the family, you know, they think, so it's like a backwards compliment. Like they're saying genetically that black people are quote unquote really good, genetically speaking, like a found, a good foundation to put these sickly white people's brains into, I guess. But they push the black people's actual personality and shit and everything down into the sunken place so that another personality slash person can occupy that space also so it's two people in one body the original person who's the host and the other person who's like the the um the bacteria or whatever <laughs> so it's almost like invasion of the body snatchers this lady is getting on my nerves she's not answering me so now, the only thing I could think of that this chick commented that the sunken place on my status is that um, Kanye is currently trying to be in the sunken place and someone else is controlling his body. That's that's basically what I'm taking away from that. And uh, it makes sense because a lot of his behavior is very erratic. And then now. Like, this shit just gets so crazy. Like, I hate Twitter, but I'm, like, on it at work now because I can't not be. Because the things people do with these 140 characters is nuts. Like, you could see these people posting on Twitter, and they'll say some crazy shit, and then there'll be a whole thread about it. And then you know you got to read it. you got to click down. <laughs> click down for more on this thread. Like, Megan the Stallion was just going off a little bit ago about how... Um, People are making jokes about her getting shot by someone. I'm like, who would make that joke? There's a moth flying near me. Get out of here. Okay. Anyway. So, um, yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah. He might be in the sunken place. He might not be. Who knows? But, like, come on, dude. Get your act together because they tried to say that Chris Dave Chappelle was sick, too. And, look, he's making a comeback, too. So, now... <laughs> 
Kim Kardashian's now saying that freaking Kanye is bipolar. And but she's like self-diagnosing him as if she's a doctor. Like how credible is she for someone who got her rise through a freaking sex tape? <laughs> I would never, you know, like not to besides the fact that I'm judging her very hard. Like you made a sex tape, sweetheart. So like I'm not believing a word of what you're saying because I feel like the Kardashians built their empire off of Kim. And Kim doesn't even look like a real person anymore. Like, none of them do with all the plastic surgery and shit they've been doing. Like, that shit is nuts. Um, so, back to Dave Chappelle. Well, Dave Chappelle went to go visit his buddy, Kim, Con- uh, Kim Kanye. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kanye West in Wyoming. To put a smile on his face. And, you know, I don't know that I have that many people who would do that for me. But the people who would... You're blessed. <laughs> um, I, I, like I said, I don't know that Kanye West has seen Get Out. I think while he's in Wyoming, hunkered down with Dave Chappelle and whoever the fuck else is there, he should watch that movie. But I know they took down his rants on Twitter, like his all his tweets. And, um, you know, <laughs> it... it, it it makes me nuts that these people go back and forth like this all the time because now Kanye is calling Chris Jenner Chris Jong Un. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he's not going to get better. Not going to get better. And my mom sent me a link that I never looked at that I'm going to look at later <clears throat> from People News saying that he fucking wants to divorce Kim. Ooh, excuse me. Divorce Kim. That was a hiccup divorce Kim and stuff and I'm like good get away from that crazy family you don't need any of that like his mental health is going down the tubes because of them like he probably he went bankrupt off that shitty ass clothing line that they probably told him to try excuse me try and get into and it's like um he went broke now. So are you giving him money to help him survive or, <laughs> excuse me, what is it? That was a hiccup. I'm sorry. I'm not waiting for these hiccups to go. I'll tell you that. So if I, <laughs> excuse me, if I hiccup for the last few episodes, last few minutes, it's going to be what it is. So like I said, my latest obsession is Twitter. I don't have any good stories <laughs> stories about it though. Um, I know I was really upset yesterday because... It was Robin Williams' birthday, and he's been dead like six years now. And anybody anybody who really appreciated comedy back in the day knew that Robin Williams is the GOAT. <laughs> there will never be another Robin Williams. I, I'm sorry for these hiccups, but like I said, I'm not waiting for them to go. <clears throat> <sighs> so it was very upsetting being all over Twitter and seeing all the, um, seeing all the stuff about Robin Williams. It was very, it hurt my chest a little bit. Um, I don't even know why that is. Like I'm telling you, like something's been up with me lately where certain things are starting to affect me real weird. I don't know what kind of moods I've been in, but yesterday I was all over Twitter and I was just really upset seeing all the Robin Williams shit. And I was like, damn, I can't even believe, like, I feel like he's been dead for like a decade and I had to look it up and he's only been dead six years. And it just feels like a really long time. Like with all this shit that's been going on, like there's nobody that would have been as funny about this situation as, than Robin Williams. Like he did flubber for God's sakes. And that movie was like a flunk and a half. Like he had no fear except of feeling alone. That was his only fear, and that's probably what led him to kill himself. But I saw they posted a picture on Twitter of, like, him two hours before he died. And he was smiling, and he had a monkey on his shoulder, and he was just living life. And I'm like, god damn, how many people do you know probably smile in the face of all their bullshit every day? Like, the fucking warriors they are, and then just want to die. Like, that shit is so difficult to try and process. Like... You got to really be checking up on people that you don't hear from. Like there's people I keep in touch with all the time. And I, I, I hope I know that I'll see the signs when it's near me. Like I really do hope that I can physically be like, okay, there's something I feel is wrong here. 
or they're not behaving the way they nor like they're not being themselves. Like you don't feel like they're themselves. Like I hope that I can just be, you know, emotionally intelligent enough to be like, something's wrong here. I need to I need to find out what's going on. Like, who was checking up on him? Like I feel like I don't know that anyone was checking up on him, and that's so sad. Like, who really even knows? But, like, he made everybody smile throughout generations. And, you know, he he is sorely missed by so many people in this community. And, you know, like, Jeannie and what's when he was in the birdcage. And there were so many freaking things he was in. He was so good. And he was so... He was wonderful at making everybody happy. Like, Jumanji was my shit when I was sick. I think that's probably why it hits me so hard is, you know, you think of him as Alan Parrish and you're like, fuck. (laughs) What year is it? I'm like, we gotta fucking... If there was ever a need for a zombie virus, it would be to bring him back. But, you know, try and make him better. Like, not want to... You know, just let him be in peace. I'm, I'm lying. We should just leave him alone. He's probably very tortured. Um... I can see this moth that's staring at me. <laughs> We're going to go to war. We're going to go to war. I'm not splatting you on my sheet, bitch. Anyway, so also, like, why on Twitter is there also Pizzagate? What, what the fuck is still going on with this pedophilia rise in conversation? What is the trend here? Why are we still even fucking discussing these pedophiles and shit? Like, it's all over everywhere, and I'm just tired of it. Like... <laughs> It's just ridiculous. They got Jelaine or Jeslaine, however you say her name. They finally got her in custody. And I'm like, just wait for it. She'll be dead next. Trying to tell me that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Shut the fuck up. Don't even say that shit to me, ever. I don't believe that. (sighs) This moth is so dying this evening if it stays put. Anyway, so I got my work story to round it out. (laughs) So here we go. So yesterday. So we're on Wednesday the 22nd. So yesterday the 21st. I had a discussion with DC about how she wanted the the in-services to go. And there's five mandatories. There is my facility requires full-time staff to be in compliance with five mandatories in order to be in compliance with the facility and with the state. So that's a requirement of any long-term care facility for Orange County, Orange County government employees in our facility. So there's fire safety, resident rights, infection control, hazard communications, which incorporates a lot of OSHA shit, and then resident abuse. We have now come to the moment of the year where we should have had a few down already. And now we have to play catch up because the person in charge of these mandatories, I already said her initials, was so consumed with passing out lunches to all the staff that she forgot. Or she put that ahead of everything else. And she wasn't even necessary for that either. So yesterday morning, which is Tuesday morning, like I said, we, she needed my input on how to handle attendance. And I don't want to get into like a really long production of it, but long story short, I'm in charge of the attendance because with the requirements of COVID and people needing to be six feet apart and socially distant and this and that, there can only be 16 people in this room. So now she sent out a flyer having people contact me at my extension to reserve their spots. And my line is blowing up with these stupid fucking phone calls of, hey, can I get in at this time? Hey, can I get in at this time? Hey, can I get in at this time? Like, it's the same shit. And then there's other people who want to dilly-dally on the phone and be like, uh, well, if that's not available, can I get this? And then I'll be like, that's not available either. either." And they'll be like, Uh, And I'm like, you have to call me back. I can't be on the phone with you trying to do this shit. Like, I don't say shit to them, but I'm like, I can't be on hold. I have plenty of other people I need to help. Like, you have to get it together quicker than this. And, you know, anyone, anyone, here's, here's what bothered me the most is that she sent the email for the flyer at 3 p.m. when I leave at 4. Who does that? Anyone in their right mind knows that now the last hour of my day is going to be consumed with answering my phone for this stupid fucking nonsense. And, um, yeah, so that's what's going on. And it's Wednesday and I'm shot to shit. I'm done. 
I'm so tired. Like, I've been yawning and have had the hiccups on this episode. And that's crazy. I've yawned maybe once or twice before. Never made it that obvious. But these hiccups hurt. They hurt before. I'm good now, though. <laughs> I'm tired. My body hurts. And I'm going to edit this and probably lay down. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I just, I'm so troubled by what's going on in the media and everything that... I'm just finding it hard to see how we're going to get out of all of this in one piece. I mean, I'm sure we will, but it's it's looking more and more bleak. But, um, you know, like, uh, this episode is probably more serious than funny. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Uh, I have a lot of fun talking to you about this crazy stuff because who else is really, you know, examining their thoughts on things going on? But, um... I want y'all to have a good night, good evening, and good morning, or whenever you're listening to this, then, you know, get cuckoo with me. You know, like I said, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Let's grow this shit. We need more in a cocoa community here. We need more peeps. Um, I'm probably going to kill this moth right now and be very satisfied with that in my evening. And, you know, I'll let you know how that goes. But like I said, guys, I hope you have a wonderful evening. Talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) 